Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Cervantes Podcast. Joining me today to discuss what it's like being the first to achieve something, his nonprofit organization, Kids Cube, aimed to introduce children to the wonders of science through fun, affordable, and accessible means, and why he chose to go to Stanford University over the other 10 prestigious universities he also got accepted into, is the first Black valedictorian at Oakland Technical High School, and it's 106-year history, Ahmad Mohammed. Ahmad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Cervantes? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. For sure. Thanks for inviting me on. What was it like when your school told you that you were chosen to be valedictorian? Uh, what went through your mind when you found out you're going to be the first Black valedictorian of your high school? Ooh, it's a good one. I was I was definitely very excited when I when I found when I found out I was going to be valedictorian. Uh, and it's not really like just just because not everybody knows. It's not really like a like they don't choose anybody. It just goes by whoever has the highest GPA. And um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I had like a 4.73, I think. And that was enough to put me over whoever was number two. And I was super excited because I just been like working for it for um for like so long, just take taking all the AP classes and college classes. And it was nice to see it all pay off with like all the college acceptances and stuff. And then also a nice side accomplishment was the valedictorian thing. And when I found out I was the first black male valedictorian in my school's history, that was definitely a bittersweet moment. I wasn't too happy about that because like, I shouldn't have to be the first. Like I literally like the largest open public school in Oakland right. California has all this rich history, all this black history. And I was the first in 2021. So that was kind of, uh, it was it was surprising, but I'm glad that we were able to get the first out the way. So that way we can we can look at, look forward and look at what's next. Right, because it's. I was gonna ask you that like later on, because it's kind of bittersweet. Like that's dope that you like you worked really hard in high school, you earned this great achievement, um. But it's like your school's been around for over a hundred years, and like you're the first. So it's like it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet. It's like why, what set me apart from all the other hundreds, maybe even thousands of black people that came before you, um, in your high school. So yeah, that's that's true. Mm -hmm. um is it difficult being the first did you ever feel like you had imposter syndrome no because I mean I, I worked for it it definitely okay. it definitely um I don't yeah like on paper I'm the first black I'm the first valedictorian right but that doesn't mean I'm by no means I, and I said this in my speech too I'm by no means the first black person capable of being valedictorian like not right. even and so it was I was only able to do this because of the sacrifices made by the people who came before me so in my eyes like they're every all of the people who came before me are the true valedictorians. I'm just the first person to to hold the title, so I I consider it our award. Right, I like that. And were there any doubters in high school or like haters um, that like were kind of hating on you when they like people found out you're going to be the valedictorian? Most definitely, you know. I think whenever you're trying to do something positive for yourself there's going to be a lot of support but at the same time there's going to be a lot of people who don't believe in you don't believe in what you're trying to do or just doubt you so there were definitely a lot of supporters I mean a lot of doubters but there's way 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 more supporters so I really just love to focus on the the community that I was able to rely on my friends my family my teachers my coaches my mentors they um, uplifted me throughout the whole process and I just tried my best to uh, uplift those around me as well 
So yeah, there was negativity, but there is much more positivity. And that's important. And I think that's good that you chose to focus on on like, like the, the, your loved ones and the good circle around you and your environment. Uh, Cause sometimes it's like when, when someone is given that great of an achievement and you're black, sometimes it's like, there's more haters, even for maybe our community or outside. It's like, why is he getting it? Like he's, you know, whatever. So I think there's sometimes, you know, maybe racism in that hatred. Oh, um, sure. when someone achieves something great but that's dope like focus on what's important um like you said that you've always done so that's really that's really important mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that's like oh my bad i don't mean to cut you off. but one of the no, things no. okay one of the things that's important to know and it's like i wasn't chosen you know i i said this earlier but a lot of people didn't know that like i they didn't just pick me out of a hat like it was just literally i just had the best grades out of my class so you can't really argue that you can't be mad at right people. But people, I, I don't know, I, I've just been taught to focus on the positives around you because people are going to be mad at you no matter what you do. So, like, there's going to be people that are upset. So there's no point of focusing on it. You can't make everybody happy. That's so true. That's so true. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought um, it was, because I thought, like, in high school, there's so many um great kids. So I always thought it was like, oh, we like this one. I thought it was about that. But that, that makes sense, um, highest GPA. And that's also really dope that you were able to like work really hard and get your grades up. And that's that means you didn't really do bad on like any classes. That, that's really, that's really dope. Like you studied, you put the work in. So like okay. you said, um, no one can take that away from you because numbers don't lie. So mm-hmm. that's so true. But back in November, 2020, when she was vice president elect in her victory speech, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris famously said, I may be the first, but I will not be the last. Um, do you agree with Madam Vice President Harris? For sure, with most, most definitely. I I was inspired what, look, seeing her at the inauguration. I can't imagine what it's like for all the uh, young women out, all the young girls out there who are aspiring to hold the highest uh, title in, in the country. So, um, I, and I obviously like in my speech, like I had to copy that from her, and I actually had the pleasure of meeting Kamala Harris. It was over Zoom. It was over Zoom, but I got to meet her talk to her about my speech because she's from Oakland as well and so wow. um, I didn't know that wow okay she's from Oakland too so it's like I got to talk to her about it and it was really cool it was dope that's dope no that that is like the first black vice president the first first woman first um Asian American uh president that's really dope to like see for young people like you said young girls of color um and that's dope that you got to meet her over zoom uh do you if you don't mind sharing do you uh you remember what you guys spoke about it was like it was like a CNN special, and I was, CNN okay. was doing like a, gra- a a graduation for like the class of twenty twenty one. Okay, and so I was highlighted along with three other um, high school seniors who are all amazing, um, AZ Fudd, my boy Addy, and then oh, I'm, for- I'm forgetting. I think her name was Victoria, but I'm not sure. But like they're all amazing, and it was cool to meet okay. them. And so we got we all had like our own little like segments like on CNN, and then we got to meet wow. the vice president. It was a surprise. That's, I got to look at that. I was like researching you on YouTube, like trying to see what I could find, but I got to, I got to check that out. That's so dope. Yeah. I was watching a segment that uh, KPIX CBS uh, San Francisco Bay Area featured you on from April of this year. And it was reported that you got accepted into all 11 colleges and universities that you applied to, some being Harvard, Princeton, UCLA, Columbia, and you ultimately chose to enroll in Stanford University. Stanford is an amazing and prestigious school, but I wanted to know what specifically made you choose that school over the other ones? Ah, you know, Stanford, 
if, if you know me, you know, I don't play about my, my academics. Like that's always going to be number one. And I think Stanford just had the best engineering program out of all the, all the schools I applied to. And I, I should say, cause, cause Berkeley is definitely um, up there as well, I should say. And in some regards it's, it's, it's ranked higher than Stanford, but Stanford, um, had the best engineering program and also wasn't too close to home. Like it's still close to home. It's like an hour, an hour and a half away. Okay. But I would say that was my thinking. Like, okay, I want to go somewhere. Like Berkeley is right in the in my backyard, so I don't want to go there. But Stanford, you know, Stanford is like arguably the best engineering school in the country, and I get to go somewhere new. And so that's right. really, that's, what, that's what it came down to me. Like it was, it was a pretty simple choice. Yeah, that's that's dope. No, that's a great school. I just I just wondered like watching um that segment. I was like, oh, like those are all great. So I wonder like why this one stood out to you specifically. But that's that's dope, and that's your major engineering. Um, do you know what type of engineering? Um, I don't, but that's do? part of why I like Stanford is because you don't have to commit until like your junior year. Oh, that's good. Okay, because yeah. you're so gonna be a freshman, so you no, want like different. time. Yeah, and what I will say is that. Like and, and I'm making it seem like it was a much simpler decision than what it actually was. Like I, it came down to Stanford and Harvard, and I decided like the last day, like the last hour of the last day, to go to Stanford. Wow. I, okay. Okay. And I think what the deciding fact, I I woke up just ready. I was ready to go to Harvard. I was ready. Wow. But I I think what did it for me was Stanford has just always been my dream, or at least what I said my dream was and so I just I just made it my dream and I just picked Stanford I was like all right this is going to be the dream like it's what I've been telling myself for so long oh, okay so you had like your eyes set on that from like a very young age right I wasn't even gonna like I guess like in, in high school when I actually started thinking about college but mm -hmm. I didn't like I applied to Stanford early and I got in I wasn't planning on applying to any other colleges oh wow okay did you do um did you do what's it called um early action yeah, I did early restrictive. Okay. I, Stanford has restrictive early action. So I applied there. I got in. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to Stanford. Let me commit. And then my parents are like, no, like you should weigh your other options. <laughs> and I was like, I, I didn't want to. I didn't I didn't care. I my I, my mind was set on Stanford. Right. Which 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 in hindsight it was I don't think I think I should have done more research on these different colleges because right. I was just like, oh Stanford, Stanford, Stanford. Like it's just so cool. Right. And so I then I applied just to make my parents happy like I applied to like those other schools the other private schools and like at the last minute and um and I wasn't expecting anything much of it but then and then when I got into them I was like oh, I actually started like researching them and realizing how amazing these other schools were too and then that's what made it a tough decision ultimately yeah because that's like all 11 schools um those are really good like I was if you like look um, so that's that's dope, and that you got accepted to all of them, and it's like that's a great problem to have. <laughs> like when that's a problem problem. Problem. yeah, that's a good problem to have. So that's that's really dope. Congratulations again. Thank you. Um, what was it like being on the Ellen Show and being interviewed by uh, Emmy Award-winning talk show host, comedian, and engineer Lonnie Love? And also, congrats on winning twenty-five thousand dollars from Shutterfly. That's really awesome. Oh, thank you. It was cool to be on the Ellen Show. Like I was on set and everything. I remember they called. Okay, I, I will say this. So when I was in like middle school, there was this um, there's this guy named Akintunde Ahmad. He okay. went to my school. He went viral because he had, it was almost like the same thing. He got into all these colleges. I think for a senior year, he had a 5.0 GPA. And to top it all off, he was on Ellen. So wow. I was like, that guy, Tunde, like I want to be like him. Like I'm sitting there as a middle schooler 
thinking like I want to be like Tunde, even though I never met him. Now I do. I now I do know him. I'm I'm real close with him. Tunde's my guy. But back then That's he was just cool. like, it's just like stranger to me that I just wanted to be like. And then uh, like we ended up doing almost the exact same things, and I got to be on Ellen. So that was that was really cool. It was just like a full circle moment, and it was nice to be on set. I think what I remember the most about being on set is learning about all and seeing all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You know, you see Ellen, you see the, whoever she's talking to and you see the chairs, but you don't see the hundreds of people working in the back, working their butts off in the background, making it all possible. So I think that really helped put things into perspective for me and and appreciate the show more because it's not just Ellen, it's, it's, it's hundreds of people. Right. Like I'm a TV production major and I recently um, just switched my major to that. And I never knew like how much work goes into making a TV show, making a movie, like news. Like it's it's a lot of people, directors, producers, um, just people like in the crew, like in the like on the set watching like the talent. So it's like it's re- it's a lot of work that goes into. It. I think people just think, oh, it's just like the host or like the famous person in charge, but it's so many people. Yeah, but that's so dope. I was like, wow, like this young kid, like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but no, that's, that's dope. Uh, did you, um, did you get to meet Ellen? Was she? No, um, I didn't, I didn't get to meet Ellen. She was busy, but I did get to meet Lonnie Love, which is, she's awesome. Yeah, that's dope. I like her on um, The Real, on her show. So yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's dope. Yeah. That's, and $25,000 um, to help you with like your school and Kids Cube, I'm sure too, right? I think that's off. It's all for school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that's so that, dope. That, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you can go back to school shopping and get whatever <laughs> you want. Um, can you explain to our audience what Kids Cubed is and where you got inspiration to create this nonprofit organization? For sure. Kids Cubed is a, a youth-led nonprofit organization that I started, and our mission is to introduce youth to the wonders of science through fun, affordable and accessible means. We do this by creating science kits for elementary schoolers that we like, we create, assemble, package, and ship them uh, all across the country. And we also donate a lot of our science kits to uh, OUSD students, students in the Oakland Unified School District, that's OUSD. Okay. um, Yeah, and I got it because I was babysitting, so I have a younger niece and nephew, Isla and Amir, and I was babysitting them like at the start of COVID when they told me that they hated science which is crazy to me because I love science and I such a young, and they're so young too. And they're too young to not like something already, especially something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I went to my room and I designed experiments for us to do with stuff we could find around the house. And they love the experiments and the joy that they felt is what I wanted to share with other children like them, other children in Oakland, other children in all these places uh, that lack science resources, but have just an abundance of, of brilliant kids with the inner scientists in them. And I just wanted to create something that could tap into that. That's so dope. Because I think um, sometimes I think in this newer generation, I feel like our generation, we kind of got to play outside and, you know, (laughs) did stuff like that. Um, And I think this newer generation, they're like, you know, iPads, iPhones, like my my little cousin, she knows how to like unlock my phone and she's like four. So (laughs) so, I think that's dope. But also like, let's um, Let's be mindful of what we're putting in in their face, in front of their faces, like you know what they're exactly. learning in school. And I think science is um, sometimes looked at as like boring or like not fun. like science and math and like STEM fields, like oh like that's kind of boring, but you can make that fun. You know, like I remember watching um, oh Tim and Moby, I forgot the name of it, but oh Brain Pop, Brain Pop, Brain Pop, yes, that was so fun. And like they the way they explained stuff and demonstrated us uh, for like middle school. Um, that was fun. And I feel like you're kind of doing that similar thing, making uh, science fun for kids, uh, especially kids of color, too, because I think that's also um, 
people kind of forget about kids that grow up in low-income neighborhoods, Black kids um, and Hispanic kids too. So that's dope that you're doing it in your community and showing um, that science can be fun and cool, like, you know, watching, like playing games or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. so what's your goal for Kids Cube? My goal, okay, my most immediate goal is I want to put a science kit into the hands of every elementary schooler in Oakland. We're actually getting kind of close to that. We're, so we're, that's going to happen eventually. That's dope. But, you know, the lack of science resources isn't just the Oakland problem. It's a Bay Area. It's a city, state, country problem. It's a global yeah. problem. So I just want to see Kids Cube continue putting science kit into the hands of students until everybody has access to science. I like that because I think um, now it's like, now I'm sure your niece and nephew are probably like really excited and, and like it a lot. Without a doubt. So I noticed on your Instagram account, you played basketball. So did you always love basketball and science? Yes. So I, I, I um, it's funny. My, at first, so my brother was really good at basketball. He played division one basketball at the University of Reno. But uh, my dad wanted, my dad didn't even want me to play sports. He just wanted me to be just straight academics, right? Oh. But in third grade, it's just like, cause I'm hanging out with my older nephew, like my nephew, he's younger than me, but he's like my age, um, Amari. He, I was just hanging out with Amari all the time and Amari played basketball. And so I would want, I keep asking my dad, like, dad, can I play basketball? Can I play basketball? Can I play basketball? And then he eventually yeah. let me, I was around third grade. So I, I didn't play, I've been playing ever since. And so uh, around the time I started getting into science, I'd also started getting into basketball. Oh, nice. Okay. And you, um, are you going to play basketball at Stanford? No. No. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, why not? Well, um, one is just, I would have to walk onto the team, which is just insanely hard. The Stanford, the team, their, their team is incredible. They're amazing. And they have all their scholarship players already. And okay. so, um, let's say that I was good enough to walk onto the team, which I don't know if I am or not. I, okay. I, I would have to try it, but I, I want to focus on my academics. On your academics. Okay. So when you were playing, when you're playing basketball in high school, that was more like for fun and not like really like competitively like, oh, I want to do this later on. You know what I'm trying to say? I was I was always undecided of whether or not I wanted to play um, basketball in college. Like, obviously it's a very fun thing to do. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity and experience, right. but for what I'm trying to do, and um, I don't think it's the best decision for me just because there's okay. a lot more that I want to explore. I know I love basketball, right. but I also know I'm not going to the league. So right. I'm okay. to what's best for my future. And so, so uh, studying and exploring other, uh, other interests in life is probably a better way to spend my time. Right, right. I respect that. I respect that because you still you're still figuring out like where you want to go in that engineering field. Whether you want to be like a software engineer, technical. Because I didn't know that there were so many different types. Um, so like one of my friends broke it down to me. But that's dope. Like figuring out where you want to go. Um, yeah. So yeah, taking the time out in college to figure that out. And you'll, you'll always be able to play basketball. So exactly. yeah. how can people support, um, donate um, kid, to Kids Cubed? Is there well, like a GoFundMe or Venmo that we can like- There's a website. So we have a donation page on the website. We're a nonprofit, so everything is tax deductible. Uh, okay. www, shameless plug, www.kidscube.com, K-I-T-S-C-U-B-E-D.com. That's where we have our like our experiments and the about us page and some photos and stuff like that. And to follow our journey at a deeper level, you should definitely check out our Instagram page at Kids Cubed. And so yeah, you can support us by obviously donating. 
or buying a kit or just spreading the word and sharing our mission and sharing our organization. Yes, I know we were like all talking like last summer uh, about like supporting black owned businesses, but we really, really got to do that. <laughs> we really got to, you know, like, share, comment and, you know, support this young black man that is doing great in his community for, you know, the state of California and for the country and the world, essentially. So that's dope. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it um, for you coming on the podcast. Um, it was awesome meeting you. You're a trailblazer and definitely making us all proud. And you are black excellence. And I hope you know that, bro. For sure, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you for reaching out and, and inviting me onto this show. I'm, I'm very excited and I, I had a great time. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, you can follow Ahmad on Instagram at Ahmad underscore dubs, and you can follow Ahmad's nonprofit organization, Kids Cube, at Kids Cube on Instagram. For more information about the organization and to shop Kids Cube merch, you can go to www.kidscube.com. Be sure to leave a rating for the Cervantes podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on the Cervantes podcast YouTube channel and click the notification bell up top so you're notified whenever I upload a new episode. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Thank you.